0: So you may or may not know that um, the Anderson family, Ben and Chelsea and um, the kids, and what their ministry is in Guinea, but I'm not going to steal too much of Chelsea's thunder. She uh, tells you about what God is doing and some of the awesome things he has done, but I do want to let you know uh, what it means. We're partnered with the work that's happening in Guinea, and, and you might wonder, what does a partnership mean? What does that mean that we're partnered with him? It means more than just... We let them speak when they're in town. You know, it's a blessing that they're able to, but it means that we pray diligently for them, that when their hearts break, our hearts break with theirs, that we share stories, they share stories, that we partner with them, that we're, may not be there physically with them, but we're there in spirit and that we are behind them and, and cheering on what God is going to do in their lives. And so, um. Some of you have been around for a long time, and you know all about that, and some of you haven't, so I just want to encourage you to to listen and hear from Chelsea's heart what God is doing, and maybe wonder what God, what is God calling you to do?
1: Awesome. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm glad to be here. It's very strange for me to be here without Ben, Um, and I have Canyon here with me. We're just here for two weeks, so I am super grateful. For the chance to share with you all, Um, this is not normally my place. Ben usually takes the Sunday morning, so just bear with me. Um, I have things that I feel like the Lord wants me to share with you this morning. Uh, And this video that I shared, it was from our new partner organization. And so I'm going to dig through this a little bit more. But if you were here a few months ago when Ben shared, he probably explained a little bit about how we switched from the access branch of the Christian Missionary Alliance, and now we are serving with Kama Services, the Relief and Development branch. And this is something that the Lord has so clearly called us to. But Hope Ignited is the organization that we have partnered with in this new ministry initiative that we're we're beginning. Um, So our friends are pediatricians. They're medical professionals. Um, We met them in 2019 when we were in Guinea. Um, living at the campus that the Alliance owns, and they were just arriving. And our kids are the same ages, and they became very fast friends. Um, We continued our friendship, you know, over um, Facebook and different things while we were on home assignment. And it's just continued to grow from there. And we so clearly see how the Lord has orchestrated um, us, our family, being able to partner and team with this organization, Um, And it's just amazing. So I want to share some of what they're going to be doing as well. But I just want to start off, um, I was going to share this at the end, but I feel like it is really um, encompasses a lot of what the Lord is doing in our lives as a family and through the ministry that we have moved into. Um, And a few months ago, maybe February, the Lord, I was reading a book and the Lord brought the name Elwa to me, and you might say Roy, El Roy, I don't know how we say it here in Pennsylvania, but in French it would be Wa. So I'm going to read the story of Sarai and Hagar from Genesis 16, and when Hagar gives this name to God, it says, Now Sarai, Abraham's wife, had borne him no children. She had a female Egyptian servant whose name was Hagar. And Sarai said to Abraham, Behold now, the Lord has prevented me from bearing children, go into my servant. It may be that I shall obtain children from her. And Abraham listened to the voice of Sarai. So after Abraham had lived ten years in the land of Canaan, Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar, the Egyptian, her servant, and gave her to Abram, her husband, as a wife. And he went into Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, she looked with contempt on her mistress. And Sarai said to Abram, May the wrong done to me be on you, I gave you my servant to your embrace. And when she saw that she had conceived, she looked on me with contempt. May the Lord judge between you and me. But Abram said to Sarai, Behold, your servant is in your power. Do to her as you please. Then Sarai dealt harshly with her, and she fled from her. The angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water in the wilderness, the spring on the way to Shur. And he said, Hagar, servant of Sarai, where have you come from, and where are you going? He shall be a wild donkey of a man, his hand against everyone, and everyone's hand against him. And he shall dwell over against all his kinsmen. So she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her. You are a God of seeing. For she said, Truly, here I have seen him who looks after me. Therefore the well was called Beer Lahai Wah. It lies between Kadesh and Bered. And Hagar bore Abram a son, and Abram called the name of his son whom Hagar bore, Ishmael. Abraham was 86 years old when Hagar bore Ishmael to Abram. So Hagar gave this name to God, Elwa, the God who sees me. And throughout this, the last several months, this story, this name of God has become so real to me in my life. Um, realizing that God sees me, he sees everything in me, outside of me, everything. And also he sees Everyone around me, he sees you in Du Bois, he sees our Guinean friends, he sees their hurt and their their heartache and the harshness of Guinea, he sees them and he knows them and he loves them. And so that's just something that as I talk today, I just ask you to think about how God is seeing you, how God sees the people of Guinea and how he wants to to love them and how he wants them to love him and how God sees your community here in Du Bois in Western PA. So um, God sees the Guinean people, and they have huge needs. Um, Our friends that, let's see if I can figure out, our friends that work for Hope Ignited, like I said, they arrived in 2019. Um, The one family, the wife is a pediatrician, and the other is a pediatric cardiologist. Um, And so their husbands, the one husband is an Anglican priest and the other husband is an educator. Um, He was a teacher. Um, In Guinea, there is approximately 6 million children, so an adolescent population of around 6 million. And there are 20 pediatricians in the entire country, many of which don't have very much training. Um, Also, if they might find a problem, they are not able to care for the problem. So, for example, my friend Courtney, she's a pediatrician, just a couple weeks ago, she had a girl come in with seizures. She was able to diagnose that she's epileptic, but she was not able to get the medication to to help her in this way. So their goal was to come into Guinea, and they've been establishing this organization for many years. Um, In partnership with a few other organizations, their goal was to come in and to invest themselves in compassionate care in the hospitals of Guinea. And so one thing that's lacking hugely is love. The doctors will expect you to come in and give them money, and if you don't give them money, they won't see you. They won't care for you. Your family has to bring your meals. Your family has to take care of your bedding. Your family has to come and stay with you. The whole time, it's all an economic, political, corrupt system, um, in my opinion. So our friends came in, and they tried to begin... Um, going to the clinics, going to the hospitals, and working alongside the doctors. But because they're female, because they're young, and just because they are counter-cultural to the system that is in place there, um, they found that it was extremely difficult to do anything effectively. Um, The doctors did not want to listen to them, Um, they just were not respected, and they realized how hard it would be to really provide compassionate care that they knew the Lord was calling them to do. So they're, they're believers. Not, they don't just want to go in and solve these problems. They want to go in and pray with people. They want to go and, and share the gospel with them. So over a, a year or a year and a half of praying, they were able to purchase um, this land in Dubraka, Guinea, which is where our family now lives. Um, so you see this white part? That is um, the clinic that is being built And then their home has the red roof on it. And this is all, it was a palm plantation. So they eat a lot of, they use a lot of palm oil in their cooking. And so it was a plantation. And you see here on the left, that is a huge piece of land. And that is where the cobras live. And that's where Ben's going to be working a lot too. So you can pray for Ben. But this is the land that they bought in Dubreka. And their goal is to establish a clinic so that they can have medical professionals that are Guinean come in and have a safe place to be able to teach them, to educate them on good, safe medical practices. Um, Teach them different skills, um, how to serve people. Teach them about compassionate care and what that can look like. Um, they They are in discussions with some major medical organizations around the world, and so if you think of them, especially this week, please pray for them. There is the potential to grow um, eventually into a surgical center and to really establish well a good quality medical system in Guinea. So this is in Dubreka. It's about um, like from here to Clearfield away, I would say-ish, and it takes us at least two hours to get there and back. We calculated it recently. We We believe we go about 12 miles an hour when we're driving in Guinea on your average um, day. And so it's not very far, but the roads are terrible to get there. It's a very uh, rural setting, so we are basically in a village, um, as we like to call it. Um, It's quiet, it's calm, it's beautiful. We have mountains around us. And so for me and for Ben especially, That does a lot for his soul, to be able to wake up and see green, um, to see the mountains and waterfalls falling off the mountains, and um, to not see garbage and smoke and filth all of the time. So we are thankful for that. Um, But going back just a little bit um, to our transition to Dubreka, um, I know Ben shared a little bit about his perspective when he was here, um, and I just want to share my... my, um, view of it and some things that the Lord did in my life. As you may or may not know, we just went back in January, so we were extended during our home assignment because of COVID. We're super thankful to get a little extra time here, but we were going back to Guinea excited and ready to start into the ministry at the youth center that we had previously and that God had called us to. And I have no doubt in my mind that the Lord called us there before and then he called us back to that. Um, in January when we were going. And so the Lord really did a lot of things in my heart though um, during that transition. Before we even left America, we knew that one aspect of this pediatric clinic was a nutritional farm that they wanted to establish. So there is an organization that produces, um, it's almost like granola bars It comes from peanuts. It's given to children that are malnourished. And so there's organizations throughout West Africa that develop this product, and then they will give it to the hospitals in Guinea, in Sierra Leone, in all the different West African countries. The goal is to give it to malnourished babies so that they can thrive, so they can survive, um, get over this this hump of malnourishment. However, there is corruption involved, and the hospitals take that, and either they just the nurses will eat it on their breaks, or they'll sell it to parents, and they're not—they're um, not distributing this like they should. Um, also, Guineans eat not a very well-balanced diet. They eat a lot of rice, they eat fish and vegetables, but it is very hard whenever you don't have money to make food to eat nutritionally, and so. Part of the clinic, the idea is to establish a nutritional farm that would one, provide nutrition to the patients there at the clinic, um, to be able to grow things, to feed them, and also to teach them to have little modules or seminars or a place where they could come and see, oh, if I put this in the soil, I can grow this quicker and I can grow this for my family and then we can have better nutrition. Um, or I can take this type of leaf and instead of eating the whole part of it that takes all the calcium out of my body I can only I can go to this seminar they'll show me how to prepare it and I can only eat this part of it that is nutritious for me so different random things like that are things that really get ben excited and really interested and um, so his heart was to work in this nutritional farm and I knew that before we went back and it was It was definitely a prayer in our hearts that the Lord would lead us that way. As we talked about before, we had hoped that he would be able to implement some development projects at the youth center where we were. And it didn't take long, shortly after we returned, that the Lord really just began prodding both of our hearts. Like, this is not right. This is not what you're supposed to be doing. I am still, you're still not being used how I want you to be used. And I was very against it. I will be the first to say say that Ben, his heart was automatically here in Dubreka, and I was like clinging on to what we had. Don't, don't make me go. I had to go through this time of grief. I had a lot of confusion. Uh, We loved our team, absolutely. We love the youth center. We still see it. We still talk to our students. We love everything about it. But the Lord wanted use us for something more. Um, And so for years, we had been focused on teaching English and sharing the gospel, but our hearts have always, always been for community development and evangelism through community development. So I just want to read you this uh, description of comma services, which stands for Compassion and Mercy Associates, the development branch of the Alliance. It says, Holistic community development is about entering into overlooked places. It's looking into the eyes of the marginalized as a friend and empowering them to recognize the value God sees in them and their community and seeing dignity soar. Our team often uses the word holistic as a reminder to address all facets and dimensions of poverty. Building schools and starting health programs will not heal brokenness. Yet when the gospel is woven into every aspect of people's lives so that they see it and they feel it, then true restoration can take place in a community. Guinea is a dark place, and it's a really harsh place. That's the best word that I can come up with is harsh. It's hard to live there. Um, They live in concrete structures, and they sleep on um, cardboard boxes, and they just are. It's harsh. It's so hard. And God cares about them, and He wants the light needs to break through in Guinea, and the light will break through in Guinea, but it's going to take these hands-on projects to do this. And so, this is Ben and I's heart; it always has been our heart. We prayed for this chance to serve with Kama for since we before we went with the Alliance, and there was never an opening, um, never an opportunity. But the Lord led us so clearly to the youth center, and now He has led us so clearly to this opportunity. So um, I went through a series of experiences our first um, few months in Guinea. We arrived in January. Like I said, I was against transitioning to anything else. Um, But in February, one of my mentors wrote me, and she just said, I feel like the Lord wants me to share with you about forgiveness. And this is a story in my life about forgiveness and how I forgave someone. And um, at first, I kind of just brushed that to the side and think. I'm like, okay, that's, I know about forgiveness, like I forgive people, whatever we all do, right? But I took some time, I took a day um, that was quiet at my house, my kids were at school, and I sat on our porch for well over an hour, and and I decided I'm going to like listen to worship music and just meditate on these verses and just think about it. And the Lord walked me through a really hard time of forgiveness against the Guinean people, Because I think before we left Guinea in 2019, we went through a lot of traumatic things. And I think over time, I had just started building this wall in front of me. And I said, okay, Lord, I will go back. You're calling us back to Guinea. I will go. But I had this unforgiveness in my heart towards the people. And it wasn't one person, and it wasn't two people. But it was just this wall that I had built up of resentment and frustration and unforgiveness that I had. And so I was able to pray through that. I thank the Lord for that. Um, Not, not long after that, I had a dream when I was sleeping and I've had several dreams in my life and they always come at really impactful times in my life. Um, And I was, I was in this like doorway outside this room and I was just so, so, so terrified. And I deal with anxiety and fear a lot in my life. And, and I knew behind that door was this dark, scary, something, this overwhelming, scary thing. And I was just did not want to open it, did not want to open the door. And I opened the door and this beam of light just shone through. It was like heaven was in that room, just shining out of the room. And so I told some friends, one of my close friends about it and just, praying, Lord, would you reveal if this is what, you know, I believe it means. Maybe I'm supposed to open the door, and what I'm afraid of isn't true. Um, so it was after those two things, um, and then one more thing that we were kind of starting to talk about it, like, ah, is this something we, so we were like dipping our toes into this idea of transitioning, to you break up, and then talking to some of our colleagues, and um, someone reminded me of this dream that I had in 2018, and it's so random. Um, like I said, I have weird dreams sometimes. In 2018, our team in Conakry was going through some interpersonal things. So if you ever talk to an international worker, they'll probably tell you one of the hardest parts of serving overseas is interpersonal relationships. The enemy really likes to get in the way of things, good things that are happening just through our humanness. And so we were dealing with some issues with our team and another team. Um, and ironically, it happened to be our team with the comma team. And so I had this dream as like Willy Wonka Land. And I can't believe I'm sharing this with the church. But it was like this bright colored thing. It was like an indoor water park, like super bright colors. And we were like at the top of the slide. And you had to like go down through all these tubes. And it was very random. Like I didn't do I, whatever. Um, I came out of this, and I totally forgot this part of it. I had forgot about this dream, but my friend said, remember that dream you had? And at the end, you said you came out, and it was the Albrights who were with comma services. They were leading you and Ben to something beautiful. And um, that's, all she, that's all she said, is they were, they were there waiting for you, and they were leading you to something beautiful. And um, so that was pretty much, like I couldn't, denied that the Lord had kept giving me these dreams and he had kept leading me and Ben was relentless, like he was not letting up, like this is what the Lord wants us to do. So I finally told Ben, okay, I think we can write an email. So we wrote an email to our leadership and kind of asked about that. Um, and then continued the hard, hard process of grieving through leaving one ministry to another. Um, the thought of leaving our home that our kids loved and going to a new one and um, leaving our teammates who we love so much, like family. And so it was hard, as you can see. Um, It was hard, but the Lord was good through it all. And like I said, this scripture about the God who sees me has come to my mind constantly throughout this time Um, just as a reminder and encouragement to my heart that he sees me and that he loves me and he hasn't forsaken me or abandoned me. Um, He's walking with me, and he cares about the Guinean people, too, and he's going to allow me to be a part of loving them. Um, So February, this all happened, March, April, we visited Dubreka. I hated it every time we visited. I had this terrible, like, thought in my mind. I just always left discouraged or afraid or something weird, Um, but I also knew that it was the Lord, so I kept saying, okay, Lord, trying to push these things to the side, bind them out of my life, and... In May, we started looking for a home. Um, In July, we packed up our house. And in August, we moved to a new home in Dubraka. And so you ask our kids today, they do not miss our little blue house. They absolutely love it. God has given us a beautiful home to live in, um, a beautiful, beautiful, nice, calm neighborhood, Um, wonderful neighbors and teammates, and um, a community. Like I said, our kids have kids their ages. We have a teacher that came to teach our kids, Um, so there's six kids in the little, like, one-room schoolhouse. Um, Maddie's in first grade, Silas and another girl are in second, and another boy, and then we have two fourth graders. Um, They have friends, we have friends. It's just amazing. It's a gift from the Lord, a good gift. Um, So like I said, this is a picture of the land. I just wanted to share my life verse with you, and I feel like It's my life first because I always have to remind myself of it, and it's always the one I come back to. When I'm struggling through something, it's just the calling that God has had on my life from Romans 12. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. That's what he's calling me to do always. This is your true and proper worship. Don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, and then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So I just encourage you guys, um, find a verse that means a lot to you, whether it's, you know, anything. Just God wants us to know him. He, he knows us, and he wants us to know him. And so I think for all of us, that's different. But for me, the act of saying, okay, I choose, To to seek you, Lord, I choose to surrender this to you. I can see, even though the road is always hard, it's really hard sometimes, it's always so good. And so I just encourage you to ponder that thought a little bit, how that might um, impact your life as well. This is our family um, right outside of our school where our kids go. This is actually a soccer field. Um, It's all sand and dirt, but the clinic and the mountains you can see are behind us. And um, those are our teammates, Travis and Becca Novi. They have four kids. Their two daughters are um, 13 and 14. So they weren't in this picture. They were at home doing their homeschooled. Um, but they have two sons, um, Bennett and Tanner. And so they just finished, they arrived in December um, to Guinea. And it's very cool. I just want to illustrate really quickly how the Lord brought this whole community to serve in this way together. Um, the Nobies are originally from Wisconsin. He's a nurse practitioner, and she is a nurse. And they signed up because they felt the Lord so clearly calling them to Guinea, but they had no idea what they were going to do. And so they came to Guinea, signed up under this agricultural program, and they are not agricultural or anything. Um, but it did not take long after arriving that this opportunity opened up for them to come and serve at the clinic. So God has brought the Nobis to us, and they've become awesome friends. These are the Albrights on the right. Stephen and Lori, they've been in Guinea for over 20 years. Um, and so they are on home assignment right now in Ohio. But when they return, they're every all of us are going to be in Dubreka. So they'll move to Dubreka. Um, and so they are very well-experienced Guinea missionaries. Um, they speak Pular fluently. Um, and so he is involved in a little bit more, like, mentoring discipleship. They've done a lot of soul care ministries with the pastors in Guinea um, and other surrounding countries like Senegal. Um, And they do a lot of hospitality ministry and just um, basically it's always different each term for them, but God really gives them a key focus for that term. And then Timothy and Jessica Chapman, they're a family with two boys, Elliot and Emmett, and they are in France doing language study. They also signed up to come to Guinea not knowing what there was um, to necessarily do with Kama services, but he grew up in Africa and he went back then after college to run an agricultural program, I believe in the Congo. He is well experienced with agriculture and she is a pediatric ICU nurse. And so all of these pieces are just like Lego blocks coming together to build this beautiful, beautiful place at the clinic. So we're super excited to meet the Chapmans in person, um, and just we're really thankful that we have a team to work with. Um, So I just wanted to share really quickly what we are already focusing on and some of the goals that we have as a family. Um, It's so important for both of us, for each of us, for our family, to disciple um, those around us, whether they know that they're being discipled if they're followers of the Muslim religion, or if they're believers in Jesus, we our goal is to love them like Jesus loves them and to be able to walk with them closely. So you have heard about Buba. I'm sure you've heard about Buba. Yeah. <laughs> um, he has moved to Dubreka. So he's living in a little um, annex, like a little garage behind our house inside our same campus. So we asked him to come and be our gardener slash ben's right hand man helper with all the projects um, that he's going to be working on so you can see in these pictures ben is taking soil samples from the land where he's going to be working Um, right now he's taking a class on like microbiology and microscopy i think is how you say it how to use a microscope and look at soil samples to determine what can be changed to grow things more efficiently and better um, and in the middle, him and Buba are working on a um, water filter. That's our latest project, is, is, is forming these water filters because that's a problem we don't even realize. Like most, your average American would never think, oh, I don't have access to any water. And if I do have access, it's dirty, muddy, bacteria-filled, parasite-filled water. Um, when we ask like my, the girl that helps me in my home, What do you do to filter your water? She puts it through a scarf, and she thinks that, like, does something, but then she's sick all the time. Um, So there's a lot of organizations that do dig wells. They do provide access to water, but there's no clean water for people to drink. So our goal is to um, build these water filters that they can re- Fabricate themselves with local materials. It's just cement and gravel and sand and rock. And um, by the time you put clean, dirty water in and it filters through, it's like 99.9% clean to drink. And so our goal, Ben's goal, is to build this, to take, put one outside of our wall because our courtyard has a good well. We have water. We've been told we're the only ones that have water throughout the entire year. So we have like a spigot that goes to the outside wall. So our neighbors can come and get water from our um, well. But we hope to put one outside by that. We also hope to provide them to local pastors so that they can learn and teach how to make them while sharing the gospel message with others and just different things like that. So we're just seeking opportunities for the ways that we could be used in that way, um, that God could give us skill and say, We can present it to people and say, look what you can do. Um, So we get excited about things like that, how the lives of our neighbors can be changed. Um, Ben also has, we always have lots of animals. We have rabbits and we have two parrots and a dog and all kinds of animals that all of these development projects are in process. And so Ben is in the learning phase. He is just trying different things to see what works, all while trying to spend time and invest with Buba and with the other men in our community that are coming regularly just to visit and to spend time together, um, in Guinea, wasting time is quality time to them. And so for me, one of my biggest struggles making this move was that I didn't, I had to let go of a role. Um, in each season of my life, I have had a distinct purpose. I am a teacher. I am an administrative assistant. I am whatever. Um, I am, I don't know. So I'm, I'm excited to see how God is going to use that in my life. It hasn't been easy to let go um, of that idea, and to, but I also know that that's enough, that God is worthy of me sacrificing that thought to him. Um, so I've started to learn susu, which is the local language. This girl in the picture is the only French-speaking woman that I have found in our community so far. Um, And so her name is Aisha, and she came very quickly and introduced herself, and her and many other women sit together and cook all day, so I've been able to go and visit with them, and as I'm trying to learn susu, and as she is helping me translate, it's been fun, it's also been hard, Um, takes me out of my comfort zone for sure. Um, These ladies in the other picture are selling bananas, and so this is right outside of our courtyard. Um, And so just trying to be relational, trying to just really be an encouragement to those around us and just to learn, Um, go in with open eyes and an open heart, Um, trying to be humble and willing to just be with them and see what they're doing, what their lives are like, and see how I can just love them through that. Um, My ultimate hope is that I can go into the clinic and sit with the moms and the kids that are sick and pray with them and just like put my arms around them and just to love on them in that way. That is my ultimate hope. Um, And maybe do some teaching. I have learned so many stories about cultural things that could just be ways, um, avenues that I could teach about discipline, about raising children, about um, cleaning, about washing your food well before you prepare it, um, about nutrition, there's so many things, and I know God is going to give me something, some purpose um, to do there in Dubraka. And so, let me see. Going back to the God who sees me story. um, Hagar, this is a really familiar story. In Guinea because they have a big they have two main holidays. There's Ramadan where they fast for a month, and then there's Tabaski. And it's the festival of the sacrifice. And so they all gather together for this one main day of celebration. And it the focus is to celebrate um, the sacrifice of Abraham and his son, but instead of Isaac, they believe it was Ishmael. And so there are so many ways that this story can cross over. Um, Their familiarity with Ishmael and the, but trying to teach like this isn't really what the Bible says and I know you believe this but let me tell you what the Bible says. It's been a really open door for us in many ways to take stories like this um, to one, burden our hearts for the people and to be able to teach them. Um, We pray for our neighbors and we ask that you guys would pray for them too. Um, Guinea is a place of Beautiful people, um, tender-hearted people. They're kind and they're loving. Um, they are so accepting, and they just laugh. Um, they dance, and they're joyful. And many days I ask myself, how can they be so joyful? Like, how can they be so loving? How can they be so generous to those around them? Um, it's just amazing. But there are so many needs. There's the lack of medical care. The video was pictures of the where they were walking through the hallway. That was a hospital that they were going through. And they don't have resources. They don't have clean water. They don't have access to education. Um, the one night Ben was hearing all that it's like they'll use sometimes the women will take these megaphones and they'll go and they'll just walk up and down like the streets and they'll just chant things. And Ben asked our guard there was what there's one lady like right catty corner behind our house. And he's like, who is that? Is that like a church? Or he was trying to figure out what it was. And he's like, oh, no, that's sorcery. She's just doing her sorcery. It's a very dark, dark place spiritually. Um, and God's light is, I don't want to say It's dim, but it's not. It's, not there, it's there, but it's not being seen by so many because the darkness is covering it. So as you guys think about Guinea, please just pray that God would use us to help that light shine brighter, that the people that are coming from all over Guinea to Dubraka to now come and have their children be seen at this pediatric clinic, that they will be able to come and find Jesus, and that they will find hope, and that they'll take that back to their villages. Um, I ask that you pray for government favor. We're trying to... um, establish a few other teaching farms throughout Guinea. So for Ben and I and for Kama Services as an organization in Guinea, it doesn't just end there in Dubraka. There's there's other areas in Guinea that we want to go and be able to establish these these teaching farms. And so um, a few of them are in the process of turning over land or trying to, to do those kind of things. So we ask that you pray for favor for the government Um, also in September, I was supposed to come in September, and there was a military coup. And so, basically, one of the military guys came in, and they just kidnapped the president, and they put him in a hotel, and they said, you're not president anymore, and they established their own new government. Um, The overall um, thought of the people is happiness and relief and contentment, um, but I just do ask and covet your prayers over those government situations. Many times if you're in, like, so you're trying to purchase land and you've gotten this far and then something like that happens and you go back to square one with those kind of things. So we are trying to establish other teaching farms throughout Guinea. Um, And so just pray for those those few things. Um, I want to give you an update real quick on our kids. Um, Silas, like I said, is in second grade. Um, he, I've seen so much change in Silas since we've gone back to Guinea, and it's such good, good change. I'm so thankful to see God working in his heart and his life. Um, I'm seeing the spirit of conviction, and and just feeling like he wants to be like Jesus, and he wants to, to please Him, and so that really brings me as his mom joy. Um, he is so, he's. I don't know. He's just sweet. They're all sweet. I could just, yeah, whatever. I won't go on and on because I'm their mom. But Maddie is um, in first grade and she's doing amazing. Um, Like I said, they have an amazing teacher. That's that picture. There's Maddie and her best friend, Ruthie, um, and their teacher, Miss Mary Ellen. But Maddie and Ruthie are best friends, and if they are together, they will cause major trouble and do all kinds of bad things together. So they bring out the best and the worst in each other. And then Canyon, he's sleeping back there. Um, He's my little buddy, and he is three. So praise the Lord. God has kept our kids healthy. He's kept them strong. Um, He has been with them closely. He has allowed them to not feel abandoned or overwhelmed by the changes that we have put them through as their parents. Um, I praise the Lord that they just, Maddie and Silas, really seek to know the Lord, and they enjoy worshiping, and the community that we have, we've been able to gather every Sunday um, together just to worship together, pray together, and um, we just feel really fortunate and really thankful for that. So as you pray, think about Giddy. That is where Ben will be. Pray for opportunities. Pray for open eyes so we can see what the Lord wants us to do and how we can be his hands and feet. I ask that you pray for contentment and against discouragement as we go throughout our days sometimes feeling overwhelmed with things that we know if we were back here in Dubois they would not be an issue for us. Just some of those things with our home and just, things that make you tired and frustrated, and you know they should work, but it just won't work. And so I just ask that you pray for discouragement. Pray against, not for, pray against discouragement, especially for Ben um, and those kind of things. Um, Pray for us and also challenge yourselves. Are you comfortable? What's God calling you to? He doesn't call us to live a lukewarm life. He doesn't call us just to be stagnant and just to say, oh, this is good enough. I've chosen to come to this altar and give my life to Jesus. I have gone over here to the altar, and I have said, Lord, I will go wherever you send me. And I have packed up everything and went around the world, and I'm like, God, isn't it enough? Why are you making me go through one more change? But But God knows, and he knows our hearts, and he knows what we need better than what we know ourselves. And so I ask you to just challenge yourself to that. What have you given to the Lord and are, is it like a one-time thing, or are you still in relationship with him to the, to the point that you want, you want, and you desire to continue giving him yourself and your whole self? So, yeah, I just thank you guys. Um, I do want to say a huge thank you for your help with our shipment that we sent. We got it, and it was like Christmas and my kids ate mac and cheese for like a week, and it was so <laughs> nice for all of us. Um, they, I just want to thank you guys for your generosity to our family, um, for supporting us, um, for becoming our partners financially. The Alliance changed our requirements so that we have to raise 45 to 65% of our support, and praise the Lord, that has not been a worry. We went from like 3% to like 60%. And so we just praise the Lord for his goodness and his provision. Um, I thank you for your gifts to allow me to bring Canyon back with me so he can visit family and friends and, and just to have him with me and make it a little easier on Ben while I'm gone. Thank you guys for your prayers. Thank you for your encouragement. And I just want to leave you with one more verse um, from 1 Peter. And this is our desire for our friends that are still lost in Guinea. It's from 1 Peter, chapter 1. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while. If necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him, Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. That is our prayer, that our friends that are lost will have that hope in their lives and that one day we will celebrate in heaven with them. And we know that God's worthy of that, even though by them becoming believers, If you've heard us talk before, it's a hard road, even harder than they already have. But it's, God's worthy of that. So um, I just thank you guys for allowing me to share with you. And I ask that you continue to pray about those things. And all the international workers around the world, we covet your prayers. Um, We don't feel alone, and it's because of that. So thank you, guys.
0: If you want to come over this way, uh, how ma- I know we have a lot of parents here. How many of you would be excited to say, like, hey, I'm going to pack up my three-year-old in, like, five check bags and travel, what, like, 24, 27 hours? Yeah. Any- no? Nobody's excited about that? Me either. Uh, <laughs> I would not be looking forward to that. <laughs> so what I just feel led to do is, is to ask, would – moms want to come forward and pray, lay hands on Chelsea and pray over her, because I can not imagine trying to do something like that. And you leave next Sunday, right? So any moms that would want to come forward and just lay hands over on Chelsea and pray for them, pray for their ministry, I encourage you to come forward. I'm going to hand the mic off to you and let you all bless Chelsea and pray over her, and then we'll dismiss from there. So any moms, come on forward. wants the mic
2: <laughs> father I just thank you so much for Chelsea and for her willingness to listen to your promptings and I thank you for the ways that you do speak to us you are so faithful when you call us to something you will make sure we know it's you I pray that you will continue to empower her to be a Titus woman in Dubreka to show these ladies and girls and young women what it means to follow you and to be a servant and to take care of their children in ways that they can grow up in you and to honor their husbands, Lord. And I pray that you would help her as she's here to enjoy her time and, and get some rest and relaxation and uh, guide her on her journey back and make all the doors open easily for her on during her travels.
3: so much for Chelsea. Thank you for how you have seen her since the time she was even in her mom's womb, Lord. Thank you that you have guided her to the place that you have taken her and Ben and their family today. And I thank you so much for all that she shared this morning, the blessings that you have just richly poured out as they have been obedient to you and to what you've called them to, God, even when it's hard. I thank you that you have just time and time again shown up and reminded her and reminded Ben of <coughs> just your goodness, God, and the hope that you want to shine through them. And so I just pray for her as she goes back, Lord. I pray for the travel next week, um, that you will put helpful people beside her in the lines and the seats in the plane um, and the check-in areas and even getting her luggage, Lord. And I just pray that when she gets back to the airport, everything would be peaceful and calm, that they wouldn't have any issues getting all of their belongings and getting out of the airport and being reunited with their family. I just ask, God, that you will continue to use them to help her when it's hard to step out of her comfort zone for the day when she really just wants to close the gate and stay inside instead of go out. I pray that you would just give her that faith and that boldness and just that joy of, interacting with the people. And I I do pray for her, Lord, that as she figures out what this role is going to look like for her um, in this new place, that you would just, as you've guided them there, you would just guide her clearly to it, Lord, that you would just have the perfect thing. And Lord, when she shares about all the Lego pieces falling into place, we can see the big Lego play piece of Chelsea and how it just fits so perfectly into what you want to do in Debrica, So. Thank you and praise you for her and for her life and for all that you are going to do through her and her family.
4: And Lord, we just, (coughs) just thank you, Lord, for as we've watched Chelsea grow up here, her and Ben, and just how you, you placed those seeds in their hearts at such a young age, Lord, and how you've brought them to fruition and the places that you've taken them and, and the ways that you've used them. And we just pray, Lord, that you continue to lead them um, and speak clearly to them as you have. Um, I'm just thankful for the teacher that you sent alongside that will um, teach the kids and uh, thankful that Silas is growing up to be a man after your own heart. Mm-hmm. And just continue to bless Chelsea in that way. and. Uh, Thank you for giving her eyes to see that. And we just pray, pray also, Lord, for, for Maddie, Lord, that she would um, find her place in you and that she would grow up and just be a loving woman, um, just like her mom. Mm-hmm. And uh, we just do lift up uh, their travel plans, Lord, as they're heading back. We just pray that there would be peace all around them, that there would be no uh, strife, no struggle, that um, everything would just fall into place, that um, once they get, get back, Lord, there would be no no hardship in entering into the country again. And uh, Lord, we pray for um, this new development um, that is underway and uh, that you would raise up laborers, Lord, as you've already made a start, Lord, that you continue to bring uh, doctors and nurses and Lord, anyone that they need, that they can be a blessing to the Ghanaian people. And uh, we just pray for protection from the cobras, keep them far, far away from all of them. And, uh, Lord, thank you for the clean water. Help them, Lord, to um, be able to, to uh, bring that. And with clean water comes health. And so we know, Lord, that that's a desperate need there. Um, we just ask that you'd help them to continue to um, make these filters, Lord, and that it would just be common uh, around there and that everybody would be able to have one. And we just thank you, Lord, and thank you for everything we have here that we take for granted with the clean clean water and um, electricity and and food, and I uh, would just pray, Lord, that you would continue to provide for all of Ben and Chelsea's needs. And Lord, as as um, the reason for Chelsea coming back, Lord, we're just trusting you that that everything is just perfect as she has given her body to you. And as she read that verse, Lord, saying that uh, we are to be uh, um, your holy temple, Lord, and and uh, we just know, Lord, that this this temple here houses your spirit, and uh, we just pray, Lord, that. No darkness can enter in. No harm can befall her. And we're just thanking you right now, Lord, for the clean bill of health. And uh, just bless her, Lord, and continue to guide her. Amen. (laughs)
0: Well, thank you all. And if you don't know, you don't have to be a mom to join them on Thursday mornings at Christina six forty-five at the sheets, the Falls Creek sheets, or Falls Creek sheets, uh, however you want to say that one, to join them for prayer over our international workers. Thank you, and have a great day.